0: Welcome back to Out On That Line podcast, where we keep it juicy, juicy. We eat that lunch. I'm back. I'm Jeff. He's Alex. How you doing and this And if week?
1: Jeff is back, wait till you see it from the front, baby, because we got a loaded, <laughs> loaded front end loaded episode. Um, so as always, I really like to get my news off the top, piping hot, straight out of the horse's big fat ass. Mm-hmm. And you got something for me again. You got a blind item, Jeff. Hit me with it. I'm ready
0: it is a blind item i never thought of it that way that's funny um so we've said many times in this podcast and professed our love for the doja we are pro doja cat and she is having some issues with her fans not these fans we want we got no we got no problems with doja cat but she is uh the kittens i guess is the kind of stand group for her um and she's kind of basically said if you call yourself my fans my fans don't Call themselves kittens or anything, any funny name. If you call yourself a name, you need to like help your parents clean up around the house more often, or something to that effect. Like just completely roasted these people that are, you know, spoke the ones that go to bat for her online have like the Doja Twitter accounts and stuff like that. And she basically was just like, "Yeah, you're all kind of losers for doing that. Not even like thanks for doing it, but you're kind of losers. Like just straight out, just stop." I don't. I don't want you guys doing. That.
1: <laughs> yeah, you dumb. know, I would have to imagine there's probably some significant. I, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but I would have to imagine with that crew, there's a pretty significant overlap with furries. So I could see her being like, I don't want to get mixed up in this. So I'm just gonna put an end to the kitty thing. I don't know. I uh, yeah. I don't get what her major I, issue is with it.
0: I think I think the stand groups are just kind of well known at this point for engaging in very toxic online activity. I mean, look at just about every single group. I'm sure there's probably great people in all these groups, but there's a good portion of them that are also going to be like extremely toxic, you know, just say the meanest things they possibly can because they're all anonymous. So, you know, who cares? You know, we talk about like the right wing trolls, like nobody ever really talks about (laughs) the stand trolls and there's plenty of those. And I'm sure those are more the ones that she's talking about. Not that, you know, as much as we like Doja Cat, I don't know how much we can speak to her like moral character. You know, I think her just, she's an interesting person in her music bangs. And I think that's really all that matters for us. And I do appreciate where she can, that she will tell it like it is, you know, whether it's, I agree with that or not. I'm like, at least she's, she's willing to like, this could straight up torpedo her career because, you know, her fans are the ones buying the album, buying the merch, going to the concerts, all that kind of stuff. And if she alienates the people that spend the money on this stuff, you know, she's probably going to take a hit in the wallet, but maybe she's made enough. She doesn't care. And she doesn't stand for that sort of business anymore.
1: Okay. So what else did she say besides get out of your parents' basement? Was there like more to it after that?
0: Just basically she, that was the most like specific insult. I think she said, I think she said a few times to the effect of like, you guys shouldn't do that. Like, I don't care about the fans. Like, she's just like i do what i do i don't care about what you, what you guys do um and i think when people kept like coming at her she got obviously more and more biting in her responses and that eventually led to you know you need to like you need to get out of bed before noon and help your parents clean the house or something like sick, that sick
1: burn yeah well she's no Noel gallagher yeah, good roast. she's no Noel gallagher we'll give her that much no
0: but nobody is you know That's a special, it's a singular talent.
1: Nobody does it better. Maddie Healy came for the king and he whiffed horribly and now he looks like an even bigger douchebag than we all knew he was before. But I guess the point of the Doja Cat scenario Mm -hmm. for me is did any of these people think she actually cared about them? Because we love Doja Cat. You and I love Doja Cat on this show, pro Doja. But I never labored under the illusion that she would ever like me or care about me in any way (laughs) or appreciates the fact that I was in the top 1% of the 1% of her listeners in 2019, the year that Hot Pink came out, I mean, crushed, Mm -hmm. absolutely ruled the Doja landscape. And do I think that if she knew that, she'd be like, damn, that guy's cool. No, I've (laughs) never, literally never thought that. So I don't know why people are shocked. If Doja Cat decided to insult me Personally or generally, like what I stand for, it's awesome. It's like in New York City when the black Israelites yell at you, it's like you can be salty about it, you can be like, it's its own art form. They're like, mm-hmm. you're a disgusting pig. And I'm like, I am a disgusting pig. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Get creative. Right. Uh, but I have good news. I have good news, and I'm sure you've seen this, but Mitsuki is coming out with an album. Very
1: soon. Dude, she sure is. You talk about someone mm-hmm. else who has a very, like, tentative relationship with their fans. And I promise you guys, there's a reason we're talking about all this. But I, it took me completely by surprise. I'm subscribed to her YouTube. And it was, like, a message from Mitski. And I was like, oh, fuck. Is she, like, threatening to retire again? And then she in complete reversal, <laughs> expectations subverted. She was like, got a new album coming out in September. And the single drops in two days. It dropped today as of the recording of this episode. And I don't want to spoil anything, even though you'll know by the time this comes out. But I am going to be doing a reaction to the song. So yeah. I can't wait. This is excellent news. And Jeff, eventually that album's going to come out.
0: Mm-hmm. Which
1: means, as fans of the show would understand, Big Mitski guys, we're going to have to cover that.
0: Oh for sure. So we'll
1: be covering for that. Sure. And and that will join a collection of shows that we've already done which live in playlists which live in a community that is online and thriving. And can be found at youtube.com forward slash c forward slash out on that line that's right we're doing plugs to the beginning too now we're going to keep them short but we're going to keep just as much fire as we've always had at the creamy center of these promos like subscribe turn notifications on you don't want to miss a thing aerosmith mode guys you don't want to close your eyes or fall asleep or miss a damn thing and you can tell us what you want us to talk about next but you can only do that in the comments. And where do you find the comments? You find them in a video. Where do you find the video? In a playlist. Where do you find the playlist? YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. Subscribe today.
0: That was like an RKO. out of <sighs> Give me one of that these. That was incredible. That was <laughs> incredible. I don't know if that. that's probably your best work. Thank you. The segue into that was buttery smooth. I didn't even know I was. You were halfway into it before I realized where I was.
1: I, I felt a little bit like I was floating above my body. I wasn't in control of my. muscles. Yeah.
0: yeah, that was that was excellent. That was well done, and and very much appreciated. And this week, we're gonna dive a little more. We've mentioned stressed relationships with fandoms a couple times, and there was something you brought to my attention, and we had just done uh, "Purple Rain," which was the soundtrack to a movie. And you brought to my attention the soundtrack to a show. And if you want to tell us a little bit about it and how we got here.
1: So the show is Swarm, and it's about toxic fandom and this very, like, dark interpretation of the direction that could take. So we follow this young protagonist, Dre, who's obsessed with this Beyonce stand-in called Nija. And I don't know, you tell me if, like, I should spoil anything off the top, because, like... I, I strongly recommend people watch the show, you specifically, but I, so how should we handle spoilers?
0: Well, if you, I I feel like I'm not going to really, I'm not going to be offended by them. If you feel like the listeners are somebody that, you know, it's really up to you. I don't think we need to, you can probably put a warning up. Okay. If people really don't want spoilers for the show, they don't have to listen to this part.
1: Well, okay. Yeah. Spoilers. If you, I mean, if you don't want to yeah. go any further, more power
0: to you. You can say, you can spit whatever, whatever ones. I I just, I don't know if it's, I don't know when I'm going to get to watching it. So yeah. I feel like if it helps make the more interesting content, then let it rip. We'll just put a warning on the, on the. Well, thing.
1: and there's me and my little pea brain where we're, we're, we're kind of getting down to the wire with an album this week. And I was like, okay, something short that I know intimately, 26 minutes mm-hmm. long, let's do the soundtrack for Swarm. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, 26 minute album but there's also a seven-and-a-half-hour TV show that provides all the necessary context. So mm-hmm. good for you, man. Great pick. Great choice. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's a great show. And it, it's like, yeah, Beyonce stand-in, Nija from Houston, check. Married to a big-time mm-hmm. rapper, check. Talks about infidelity in her music, check. And it's the story about an obsessive fan who's extremely online, one of these stands, a kitty, a member of the beehive, mm-hmm. a little monster, a parrot head.
0: An animal. An animal. An we found a few of those. Animals.
1: Some of those stalk our mm-hmm. channel this very day. But it, it's one of these toxic Stan accounts. She's a member of the swarm. And you mess with Nigel, you get stung. That's the basic premise of it. Um but the reason I picked it was not only is the soundtrack incredible which we'll talk about Mm -hmm. i thought it'd be interesting to do something a little different and dive into these toxic fandoms and like the psychology of a parasocial relationship a little something different Mm -hmm. a little something different i'm drinking a soda pop that's got prebiotics botanicals and plant fiber in it is it good no it's not the second it touched my hand it became piss warm (laughs) but do i look like i care no sir
0: and, and sure, that's uh that's the last time they're gonna sponsor us.
1: I didn't say who they are. We're protected.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's in maybe this was always the case because you you know, you'll see videos from like back in the fifties and sixties, or I guess just the sixties, when like the Beatles would show up. And I guess you'd see it in the fifties with like Elvis. Um, you know, just people would be going bonkers for them. Like little teenage girls like bowling over security guards like trying to get to these people so there's just something that kind of there's a switch that gets flipped in people's brains when it comes to celebrity I think and I think for you and I where it's like we don't freak out over something like that or we're not going to like act in that way um at least not that I'm aware of like to not like not being one that's going to do that it's hard for me to understand somebody that gets that Obsessed and like wants to go to bat and defend people, like no matter what. Like Chris Brown has stands, yeah, yo, that's insane to me. R. Kelly still has stands, like that is absolutely nuts to me that somebody can do the things that people like that have done and they'll still have like a rabid fan base that does not care whatsoever about any of that stuff. And I think that's I'm gonna when I eventually do watch the show what I'm looking forward to seeing is like how much he pulls directly from real life or how creative they get about making up even crazier stuff than we've seen in real life.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to not make any comments. I'm going to leave this very vague then. Um, Yeah. I hope you do watch it. We'll just put it that way. Um, But so what did you think to, to kind of get into the world of Nija, What did you think Mm -hmm. of the music itself?
0: So the music itself was awesome. Like I really, if if all I if I didn't know this was part of a show or anything like that, like this is I would have enjoyed listening to this. Um, I think it's really, it's like really well crafted. I think it it had a lot in common to me with like the Vince Staples, you know, that we did, or or any Kendrick Lamar or something, like, where it's just like very, it's like R and B and hip hop and stuff like that, but it's a high, it's an elevated level of that. You know, it's not. It's not about. It's not just like party music. There's like real emotions involved. It kind of reminded me of SZA, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways too. You know, I think there was there was a lot of kind of similarities to a lot of stuff we've listened to in the past that I've liked a lot. So, it would be kind of tough for me not to not to enjoy this. And I and I I would say I say enjoy it. I like I went past it. I really like this a lot. Um, I felt like it was inventive. You know, I'm always one that loves the concept album. So I was kind of listening for storylines or common themes or ways that, you know, maybe they're telling me a little bit of a narrative with these songs. I don't know how much these songs like super tell the narrative when it's this small of a piece of it and it's that much content. You know, I don't know how much these, how much ground these can cover, I guess, but I guess when I eventually watch it, I'll see, but it was very interesting to listen to. And if they've got seven and a half hours of this level of interesting, then I think it's going to be very good.
1: Actually, I think I, I, Lied. I think it's more like three and a half because they're half-hour episodes. Anyway,
0: well, whatever. right, right
1: yeah. off the top with a big fat porky. Um, so for me, here's a controversial take that's sure to sick the beehive on our ass. Mm-hmm. I liked all 26 minutes of this soundtrack more than I liked Renaissance in its entirety. The thing that this album does is it, it like uncannily captures the Beyonce sound, but without mm-hmm. being like, it's a parody of a Beyonce song. It really starts yep. that way. And then by the end of it, you're like, this is the last song almost like a Gambino song. Um, mm-hmm. But it just like kind of morphs and degrades as you go through it. So for me, it was like a fire Beyonce album, like kind of what I was hoping renaissance would do mm-hmm. not like as specific and horrific but i was kind of i think hoping for more like concept than we got with that but it's not about beyonce it's about Nija and the people mm-hmm. who love naija and are willing that this main character cuts this bloody swath across the united states and does it all for naija and there are some people in real life have a similar mentality and pull up who was the I mean it's not music but who's the astronaut lady that wore a diaper all the way cross country so she could kill some lady
0: oh I can't I can't remember her name but I know exactly who you're talking about
1: I mean that's I mean a whole new level of dedication to the craft yeah. of stalking um but I. I the show begs interesting questions about like how online we are who bears responsibility Mm -hmm. for what because I think to double back to the whole like Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show thing the nature of how things are released and presented has changed so much the the way that you can interact has changed so much I think there's an accessibility perceived or or real to celebrities musicians that you didn't have back in the day and I think it does create that sense of entitlement like Who's to say Beyonce couldn't be scrolling through her phone right now and see me make a supportive comment defending her? And then maybe we mm-hmm. become best friends and she pulls me up on stage and we sing a duet together. Like people are so online and, and because of the society we've created, frequently very lonely. And mm-hmm. it, it creates these kind of strange parasocial relationships between the listener and the artist. And as we've seen with the Kesha people, you rattle the wrong cage you're you're fucked,
0: yes, and there's and one thing that just popped into my head there's people that'll put on on like their twitter bio they'll they'll mention on there be like beyonce mentioned me on such and such a date, and like they'll put that on there as like a badge of honor on their on their profile and it's the thing is, I have no problem with people like idolizing. An artist like I have no problem if you think that, you know, if you think Beyonce is the greatest thing since sliced bread and you just are absolutely devout in your following of her. If you step to the over the line to the point where you are blindly defending her, that if she, you know, shot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and you're still sitting there defending her, I think you go from like fan to straight up like sycophant. You know, you really just you're not doing anything for them. You know, and and at that point, it becomes like there's an entitlement that you feel to the artist and that you feel because you've put in this effort for them, let alone that they didn't ask you for any of that effort. You know, they might have like posted on there to buy their album or something, but they're not asking you to hop on there and spend 24 hours a day defending them online. But people do that, and they again, that builds that parasocial relationship because they've got all this evidence of things they've done for that artist so that the stuff piles up and they start to feel entitled to their time, to their energy. Like if they support a certain cause that they don't agree with, they feel so betrayed by it instead of like taking a step back and appreciating the music for what it is. And if you like the person that made it, that's even better. But how far do you need to go honestly like how far do you need to go like what is going to make you feel satisfied in that fandom like is it them mentioning you on twitter is that like the goal or is it having afternoon tea with them you know it's like there i feel like there's not an end game for them
1: i don't and i think that brings us into an interesting question of as fucked up as this is going to sound how much if any do the artist bear responsibility for creating a monster, right? Because they are asking for something one way or another on social media or in their career. They want you to listen. They want you to pay attention. And I don't even mean that in a narcissistic way. I mean, obviously there are some, but it, 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 your art doesn't exist in a vacuum. You are asking for someone's attention. And at what point does it flop over into being predatory? Because I remember when a bunch of celebrities were like, hey, there's this cool new thing where you can call this phone number and you can talk to me. And I don't know the mechanics of that. I just know mm-hmm. that something like that with like a big celebrity. I mean, if you consider Olivia Munn a big celebrity, I don't know. But like I can just see her being like, talk to me for, you know, five dollars a minute or whatever. I don't know if it's pre-recorded. Or if it's like pre-packaged stuff or like what it was. I didn't investigate. I had mm-hmm. other shit to do with my time. But I I look at something like that. And then this is another thing and where ASMR. Everyone knows that I'm a big ASMR fan. If I love two things, it's Frank Zappa <laughs> and ASMR. Got him in. Um, but there's, there are now ASMR creators. And I've had to be like, I got to unfollow you who have such a simp fan base that they've started releasing AI girlfriends where you can pay for some kind of subscription and these women will have a robot that's like, that's the funniest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> oh my God. It, it, they're, <laughs> and I'm not, I don't want to call the people that would do that pathetic because I think that level of loneliness goes so deep that you can only really have empathy. I mean, if they're a racist douchebag troll, then maybe not so much, but someone who just minds their own business and like falls for that, that's a grift, that's predatory. So at a certain Mm -hmm. point you have to ask yourself, is the creator just being like exhausted and sucked dry for their talents or are they kind of participating in a scheme like this kind of like symbiotic relationship that really only seems to benefit one person Beyond the enjoyment these people get from listening to shit and making something like Beyonce or Taylor Swift their entire
0: identity. So I think you you bring up a really good point in like how this develops. And I think it's not an all of a sudden thing. I think it's over time. So, you know, I think one of the things that human nature, it's we want to be the first to like something cool. You know, if something blows up like one of the main things is uh, I like the I like the Jonas brothers before they were cool. Whatever. They were always cool. So I don't know if that's possible. But there's a lot of people that want to do that. So they kind of feel responsible for an artist's success at the beginning if they started out very small and then they had their fan base and you were one of those first people. So as that artist grows, they feel you know, gratitude and possibly some obligation to those original fans that like helped them get to that point. And I feel like it just snowballs. So like every step that you take in your career to get bigger and bigger – All of those fans have been building up and building up that have helped you get there. It's kind of like you're standing on top of the mountain that's kind of forming under your feet when you're building that fan base up. So I think you make a really good point about that being you're at least questioning whether that if you have a really toxic Stan fan base, is it partly your fault for being, you know, kind of developing that relationship in the beginning and it's like, I don't know if you can really blame them for being excited about having the fan base. But with all the evidence we have of how those fan bases can turn out, I feel like maybe you at this point maybe should recognize when that sort of thing is starting and maybe kind of try to nip it in the bud. Because at this point, like the beehive, like the Swifties, the animals, there's it's past the point of really being able to kind of do anything about that. That's going to have to run out of steam on its own. And that's the only way it's gonna happen like you're not gonna be able to just like kind of socially legislate them out of existence. you know it's just not gonna work that way.
1: ooh, I really kind of like that concept socially legislate someone away a man can dream that is so awesome um no, but i I think you're you're right that like I think a lot of this comes down to poor boundaries and in my opinion, a lack of anything better to do, as like mean as that sounds. There is an innate loneliness that runs through this society, and there's a million reasons for it. So it feels like a lot of the, again, the barriers that existed where you basically had what people said in interviews. So John Lennon being like, we're bigger than Jesus. Someone would be like, oh, fuck him, he's an asshole. And you kind of build this persona for this person based on the access you have to them and today it's it's more than ever like Billie Eilish if she wanted to could live stream her entire you could live a whole day with her she could be as heinous as she wanted to be she could let it all hang out or she could be totally fake and by the way I love Billie Eilish so I'm not shitting on her it's just an example um but I think she's a also a good example of younger artists with those poor boundaries I think about like Olivia Rodrigo And Billie Eilish and just some of the, and like it extends to, you know, women all the way up until, you know, God rest her soul, Aretha Franklin's age. But it's got to be especially uncomfortable for the parents, the management and the artist to have someone like 17 years old, Olivia Rodrigo, and to have people saying some of the shit that they say. I know she's like 19 now, but like those poor boundaries and these people that kind of had none to begin with is a deadly combination. So again, I think stoking these kind of interactions while these boundaries are so shoddy can be like a real recipe for disaster. Like we had, I mean, John Lennon was unalived mm-hmm. by a fan. It's so stupid. We have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um. So like everyone knows where you are one moment to the next, like God forbid, right? Remember,
0: what was the name, Christina Grimmy?
1: I'm drawing a total the blank. The one that
0: was from The Voice. She was on The Voice, I think, and she was like just really kind of starting on her way up. And then after a show or or before a show or something, somebody just straight up shot her. Wow. She was she was young. I mean, she was like 20, maybe I don't know, maybe even like a teenager. I don't I don't even know, but she was like one of those ones that's you know kind of great singing talent and seemed like the industry was going to be you know, she's going to be kind of a steam engine. And then it just because of a fan base, I mean, it's just like that. And I'm sure there's so, so many more examples of that, you know, and it's just like crazy that you get to the point. And I think it speaks to the, the loneliness that you're talking about is that you don't have, you've got a lot of space in your life, you know, cause you don't have, if you don't have a lot of people in your life that you can rely on that you love, or that you feel like, love you, you have a lot of space to fill and if you don't find like real, and I say real things, like real relationships, you know, real meaningful like hobbies or work or something to do with your life, like you're going to fill that with something. And in a lot of cases, it's this obsession with an artist or, you know, an actor or so, you know, somebody, somebody like that. And I feel like musical artists above all of them are the ones that kind of get the most dedicated crazies to follow them. I don't know why it works like that. I think maybe just because it's much more of a personal like expression, their art form, I guess. Um, but it's just crazy to me that people will get to the level where they feel like, because this person didn't give me what I wanted, they now deserve to be on you know, they now, they now deserve to be six feet under. It's just crazy to me that you get to that level And at that point, there's no blame on the artist. Like, I don't think there's anything an artist has ever done to, like, ever deserve getting to that level. You know, we can, that, that buck stops a lot earlier than before it gets to that point. Um, But it's just, it's, it's weird to sit here and kind of think about it. I've never really actually thought about all the cases of it, all the different stand groups and like kind of how crazy it's become, but social media, um, just the, instant availability of information. Like I think Ariana Grande is going through a, a breakup and like somebody is cheating on his wife with her right now. Or there's some crazy drama that she's dealing with Jesus. or caused. I don't know. I haven't read enough about it. I just saw the headlines. Um, but it's like, it's crazy how fast people know about that. That's the kind of stuff that would get 50 years ago would be swept under the rug. You'd never know a thing about it. You know, people did heinous stuff back then and you never heard a word about it. Now, every bit of information is everywhere all at once.
1: Yeah, I mean every you're constantly constantly scrutinized. And on the one hand it's like, well, is there an innate narcissism? There is for some people, but also some people didn't really ask for this. Again, I would look at someone like Billie Eilish talking about the gilded cage in um her last album. I think that's very real for some people and then I think there are some people that are like, you got to stay relevant in this news cycle. I think that's why you see like Ben Shapiro burning Barbies. How insecure do you have to be in your masculinity and in your skills as a parent and in your being an American citizen? How can you be so insecure about yourself that you have to burn Barbies and film it? so so like the the grift some people are addicted to the grift and some people are a victim of the the vortex of the grift right so a ben shapiro can create something that seriously harms someone else beyonce can have the kind of ripple effect that negatively affects someone else it's not her fault she's insulated from it but like non-musical example there was a japanese wrestler and like Bless her heart. I don't. I don't remember her name, and that sucks because she should be eulogized. She was not just a wrestler, but she was also on a reality show in Japan, like Big Brother. And apparently, there was like controversial behavior, but like pretty low grade stuff. I think maybe she just came across as like kind of lame. I think was her big mm-hmm. crime. And you had people all over the internet telling her she should unalive herself. And eventually she did. So again, those poor barriers are there. You don't know someone's state of mind. And I say that with empathy for the artist and the consumer because no true Scotsman, right? It's not like all celebrities are victims of their own success and all fans are online toxic trolls or we should pity all the simps and these Mm -hmm. evil, horrible musicians. It's not like that. It's shades of gray. But I just think... And I don't think everyone's completely thought through the consequences of this stuff, and as technology evolves, it's only gonna get worse.
0: Well, think about this: is like now we we did a whole AI episode, um, and it's it's really scary about like thinking about the the capabilities of it. But you were mentioning like the ASMR artist doing like the the virtual girlfriend thing. You can get. You can get an AI model of your favorite musical artist's voice, say Beyonce or Billie Eilish or you know anybody like that. And you could just have them say what you want them to say in their voice. So if you want them to say, "I'm good job, I'm proud of you, you can have Beyonce say that to you. And I feel like that's the sort of thing where they're already creating this, like we keep mentioning this parasocial relationship in their mind where it's really just one way, but they feel like it's both ways. Because they're consuming the content that they're taking very personally and then projecting this relationship onto the artist. And if they're able to now use that artist's like voice and in inflection to say, you know, whatever it is they want to hear from them, that's not the line isn't gonna be drawn. They're not gonna sit there and be like, oh, this is this is fake. You know, this is not Beyonce really saying this to me. The whole point is for them to feel like Beyonce is saying that to them. So it's just going to make that worse because now you're also going to be able to have another avenue for these people to be extremely toxic by having recordings of certain artists saying certain things that they don't agree with. We went over that where it's like you're going to be able to use an artist's voice to promote things that they may not agree with. You're going to be able to do a lot more than that and just have them say straight up heinous things to try to get them canceled that they have to deal with the blowback. Now, I don't know how... How much any of that would stick to the artist as far as like if it's clearly an AI thing they can just say this was an AI thing. I never said this. I think that's pretty easy to sidestep that sort of accusation. But what happens if that stuff piles up or a lot of those are happening at once? It becomes like you're so flooded with wrong information that this is just another misinformation disaster like we've had with the election problems in 2016 and 2020 and then we've had with climate disasters and the fact that the gulf stream is about to collapse in a few years they said and that'll be basically the end of normal human life as we know it and it's just like wild to me how much you can get overloaded with this and the more and more technology that comes out and the easier it is for people to basically fake whatever they want to is just going to make all this so much worse.
1: Well, it's part of the whole concept. It's not the whole thing, but it's one of the things with the actors strike is this question of, can you legally gain the access to my likeness, the sound of my voice? Cause you could put people into situations like Mark Ruffalo. It's an environmentalist. You could make him do a PSA about fracking, you know, mm-hmm. theoretically you get the rights to that. He could be like, I, I absolutely think we should drill to the center the nuggety center of the earth and suck out all the oil we can. I'm Mark Ruffalo and I approve this message. I've been dead for 30 years. Like you can you can do some really kind of fucked up stuff with that kind of technology and again, I think it's it's one of these things where it's just going to warp people's brains. I, I mean, I hate to be doomsday about it, but like you said, like Election fraud. We're now seeing people that were perpetrating it being like, yeah, I can't stand behind this anymore. It's demonstrably fake, but you have people out that that will like use that excuse, like, well, so and so is working for the deep state and that's a deep fake. And they only said that because if you pause mm-hmm. this video, it, it's clearly been manipulated. You know, it's you talk about life as we know it changing irrevocably because of the Gulf Stream. I think this kind of shit's gonna do it too. And wow, this turned out to be a wildly positive episode. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> we started we started out, you know, high energy, and then we just—I think we're both—we we suffer the disease of critical thought. I think is there is one of our biggest problems. And I think the the more you think about this stuff, there's no like light at the end of the tunnel if we keep continuing as we are now like there's no detour we're going to have to like put the brakes on and back up i think is how we how we're going to have to fix this stuff you know you're going to have to kind of take away the ability to be completely anonymous online or at least in certain forums like to not allow it where if if you can i mean that classic saying what is it a lie gets around the world 3 times before the truth gets its pants on you know it's like it's it's so much truer in the social media age than it ever was when that quote came out you know, whatever, you know, a couple hundred years ago, whatever the hell it was, but it it's just the ability for people to become so isolated that they put their entire personality into a kind of virtual existence is only going to exacerbate the problems that we already have. And it's, and it's going to basically snowball because I think a lot of times, like there's not a lot of joy people are finding in life these days outside of what they try to create for themselves. And I think it's, you have people that are just kind of fundamentally something a little bit off, unhinged about them that pour all of that energy into an artist, like into a fandom. And basically any attack on that fandom becomes an attack on them personally. And I think that's where we end up. And and it sounds like kind of the idea with with the swarm stuff. You know, they're kind of skewering clearly a play on the beehive. You said it's basically based on Beyonce. Yeah.
1: To the point where there's an episode that like pretty heavy handedly makes it clear.
0: I wonder if she had anything to say about that or if they talked to her about it because that's pretty wild. If it's like that dead on.
1: Well, the thing is it's, it's the parallels are dead on. I don't think there's too much being lifted from her actual life and actions. It, it says like, Nyjah is as mythologized as Beyonce is in our world. We'll put it that way.
0: Okay. 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 Well, I, I enjoyed the album. I mean, I I really liked checking that out. It kind of made me... I definitely was not that excited to watch the show. I'll be totally honest <laughs> with you before that. But now that I've listened to the album and, you know, it's like Donald Glover makes great TV. I mean, Community was awesome. Atlanta was awesome. You know, his music's been great. So I I would imagine then I'm going to enjoy this too. Um, So I'll I'll definitely check it out. I'm going to say on this, I don't know if we're doing a regular review on this, but people should check this out. If we're doing a review and a rating, I'm going to say stream it on this one. I'm going to give
1: it a double stream it. As a guy who's seen the show, as a guy who's Mm -hmm. listened to the soundtrack enough times that he's got some of the lines down, I got to say stream them both. It's a double stream it for me. Swarm the TV series. Swarm the album.
0: Yes. And go check it out. Check us out. On YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. Do you like that, Alex?
1: Mm, I sure I, did.
0: Yeah, I keep that bullet in my holster too, buddy. Uh, in case <laughs> let spotting. us know down in the comments. Uh what you want to see, what you want to hear. I know we're gonna be doing Mitsuki. Uh Post Malone is coming out with an album this Friday. Ooh, okay. And he's been on he's been looking pretty rough lately. I don't want to be telling tales out of school or anything, but Posty does not look the healthiest I've ever seen him. Um, so I'll be interested to see what this uh, what this album is going to be like from him. So I don't know if you want to... When is the Mitski album coming September. out? September. I do not even look at an official date. Oh, September? Okay, so we got time. Well, do we want to line up the Posty album?
1: Let's get post-toasty, baby.
0: Okay, let's get post-toasty. Oh, Wife of the Pod Marla is putting Darla up in the window next to me. Oh, dog cameo. So speaking of a toxic fandom... <laughs> well alex do you have any closing thoughts this week
1: oh watch out where the huskies go and don't you eat that yellow snow
0: (laughs) until next time